Some people think that God torments people. They think that when trouble befalls them or others, that God is like a kid with a magnifying glass fixed on an ant, causing the pain for some cosmic purpose. And many think it's really only fair because they've not lived perfect lives, so they kind of deserve to be tormented. Maybe you are some people. Maybe you think when things go wrong that God is punishing you. You wouldn't be alone. Not only do many people have this thought and opinion today, most in the time where our scriptures were written felt this way. They believed that life was a series of balancing actions and commensurate reactions. Good equals blessing. Bad results in punishment. Thinking this way certainly makes things seem simpler. If life was a giant equation, as is proposed on the hilarious show The Good Place, if you haven't watched it, you have a joyful several hours on Netflix to enjoy it. But it's not like that, that, that all we have to do is make sure our good outweighs the bad. If, if that was the case, right? We could maybe manage that, maybe at least on some days. Some of us. I think that one of the scriptures that we had this morning adds to these misconceptions about God. Punishments and checks and balances. In our 1 Corinthians 10 text, the familiar words read, God is faithful. And he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing you will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Quick public service announcement tangent. Please never, ever, ever say this to someone who is actively grieving something terrible in their lives. As a pastor, I hear people saying this all the time. It's a popular thing to say, partly because when other people are hurting and we see someone's broken heart shattered all over the floor, we want to make it better, right? We want to make it better, and we don't know what to say. So what we want to say is everything's fine, but clearly everything is not fine. Hearts are shattered on the ground. So... While things may be true, that they may be fine one day. When you're in the valley of the shadow, something like this isn't helpful. But I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to leave you hanging. What you can say to someone when they're at their lowest, rather than everything's going to be fine. When they're at the lowest, say this. I'm here. Rest while I make you dinner. As Ryan and Melissa did, I, we will take your children to church with us today. Walk beside me, and let's not talk if you don't want to. But I'm here to listen when you are ready. This idea that God is testing us like a kid with a magnifying glass is not only problematic, but it's wrong. Life is not a maze created by God to experiment with us. We are not lab rats. So I would propose this morning that when we hear these verses in 1 Corinthians 10, that, that we look at them in another way. That we don't look at them like, 
everything's going to be fine, even though the house is burning down, right? Clearly, something's wrong here. I would propose that we look at it through the lens of our Old Testament and Gospel bookends, which remind us of the free love and grace of God and the abundance of new chances we have in life with Jesus. I would propose that instead of thinking of this scripture as as a challenge to prove ourselves, like clearly this terrible thing happened so I can show myself tested worthy, that we would see it instead as a promise that there is nowhere and nothing that can keep us from God's presence and that no bad situation is permanent in God's grace. This reframes these words that have been used to downplay grief and trouble in so many, so many instances. Instead of saying, this is something God thought you can handle, so congrats on that pain and suffering and shattered heart. Instead, we hear it as a rock-solid promise that there is nothing that God will not see us through. So rather than telling someone, God, you can handle it, instead we can say, God is with you. God is with us. This grace and presence is something above and beyond our comprehension, and it is free. I love our Isaiah text that Doris so beautifully read earlier. Talks about slinging out the freebies, right? Come and get food and drink and milk and sustenance. When this was written to the people it was written to, they were starving. They were barely getting by. And it was very good news. This free uh, food and purchase is different than a free meal or party. After all, a meal is just one meal, right? This is an invitation to take what one needs and put it in the pantry, right? Take all you need and make sure you have enough for your family, not just for right this moment, but for later too. It's yours. It's there for you, for today, for tomorrow. Many of us do not know what it feels like to live hand-to-mouth with food, how it might feel to be constantly hungry, but many of our neighbors do. I can't imagine what it would feel like to be worried, because as a parent, I wouldn't be so concerned about where my next meal would come from, but I'd be so concerned about my children. I'm grateful for places like Helping Hands Food Bank, where the... Where the um, Confirmation students led a service project a few weeks ago for us, and I'm reminded of how important it is to give what we have to those in need, because it's, it's so, uh, such a joy. As the kids were saying, I love that they went there. I didn't even expect that one of the things that they would say to nourish one's soul is to give and help others. Amazing. They get it. So we may not know exactly how it feels to be hungry all the time and to not know where our next meal is coming from. But I think that most of us know what it feels like to be living hand-to-mouth when it comes to grace. Many of us have gone through seasons in which we have not partaken in the grace that God so lavishly pours out 
and we have become anemic and weak in the spirit. We've had the spiritual equivalent of rickets or scurvy, not getting enough of what we really need while binging on emptiness, greed, avoidance, and so much more. Jesus' story of the fig tree that did not give fruit for three years is a poignant one. It's easy to blame the tree for lack of fruit, right? Just cut it down. But as the kids reminded us this morning, it's not necessarily the tree's fault. It's much more difficult to double down and put work into the transformation that it takes to bring fruit. Just because something or someone isn't bearing fruit doesn't mean it can't or won't. Just before Jesus told this story, he took some folk to task for tattling on their neighbors, right? These These folk told Jesus about the terrible things that their neighbors were doing. They're probably clutching their pearls as they spoke about them. Can you believe it, Jesus? These things that people are doing. But Jesus was having none of it. He turned it around on them and said, don't worry about what other people are doing. Look in the mirror. This is not a balancing act of good and evil. This is not how the economy of God works. There are no ins and outs. There are no us and them. They're simply children of God, getting it wrong sometimes and getting it right sometimes. There is simply us. Jesus told this story about the fig tree to remind them that even if you do not see fruit, even if it looks like one is a throwaway person, God does not see it that way. A person who is not producing fruit is simply one who has not been spiritually nourished and needs some TLC. And we have all been there. And some of us are there now. This is what the heart of repentance truly is. To humble ourselves to receive the help and grace that we need to change our futures. Repentance is the first step to spiritual nourishment. Acknowledging that we have messed up, that we have not received the nourishment from God that we needed, that our best solo attempts at getting life right have failed, and we need some divine intervention. We need that work done to bear fruit. We're done trying to see if we can get through the maze of life as if it were a challenge set up by a distant God, and instead embrace the presence of the Most High in the holy now. This is the heart of repentance, and it will bear good fruit. How blown would our minds be if we could think about repentance in this way for ourselves and for others? Rather than thinking, oh, somebody messed up, lock them up and throw away the key. Can we imagine instead saying, wow, they must really need some good fertilizer. They really need some love and grace in order to get back on track. And to actually look at the, 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 the folk who are behaving the worst, at those who need the most love and the most grace, 
Can we take time to do this in our own hearts? When we mess up, instead of saying, oh man, I need to get it right again. I got that test wrong. I failed that test. Instead to say, wow, apparently I need more love and grace. Could we take time to tend to our own brokenness and to the brokenness in others, to work toward healing and bearing fruit, living in the radical hope of Jesus Christ? When we take these words of transformation, hard work, God's grace, and God's presence all together, we have an an incredible vision of that radical hope. Resurrection hope. God's presence is inextricably with us. And we do not get God's presence without God's love, grace, hope, peace, justice, mercy. Sorry, y'all, but you've got it. You have it all. So hear the words of Isaiah again this morning. Seek God while God may be found. Call upon God. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Children of God, God is with you. You are never without hope. The years spent in the valley of the shadow and without fruit are never the last word on you. Amen. Let's stand together and sing, Great is thy faithfulness.